If you want more power, better vision, and a bulletproof mindset, then I would like to welcome you to CG Plus, Complete Games Online Player Development Center. Now, baseball and softball players of all ages and skill levels can access a multimedia experience providing education and instruction on your personal mobile platform. Rob Cruz has put together an online video portal, a remote hitting program, as well as a series of online hitting courses boasting a curriculum that features pitch recognition strategies, power, video analysis, mental skills, and then some. For more info, log on to www.cg.plus. That's www.cg.plus to find out how you can complete your game today. Welcome to the Transcending Sport Podcast with Rob Cruz, an audio experience bringing you interviews, conversations, and more from some of the most intriguing personalities in the sports world. And now, your host, Rob Cruz. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Transcending Sport. I am your host, Rob Cruz. My guest is Jamie Dufan. She is the director of softball for NCSA. And she's back again. I think this is the fourth time. I think it's the third or the fourth time. Third <laughs> time is the charm, right? <laughs> I guess so. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me, as always. It's okay. Nice to be back. We got some stuff that we got to talk about because, um, you know, in the world of sports, it's all about adjusting. Um, and such is life. We adjust, you know, and we are being, you know, sometimes you're forced to have to adjust. And sometimes it could be a good thing to have to be forced to adjust because sometimes adversity brings out things in us that we didn't even know were there. Um, creativity, <laughs> creativity, resilience, you know, discipline and, and the whole nine yards. So um, in light of the um, coronavirus and how it is affecting uh, Americans and the, the world, um, the people who love sports and the people who are sports enthusiasts, the people who are uh, have goals of being high school players, transforming in themselves into college athletes, you know, they, we have been leaning on organizations like the NCSA to give us information and to uh, be that source of information. And I'd like you to just kind of just give me, give us an idea of you know, with the NCAA canceling the seasons, the spring sports, what have what has the NCSA been able to do with regards to just the information and interpreting the information and disseminating the information to, to us uh, during this time? And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious of, to, if you could also talk about the um, NCAA's response yeah. to to the so uh, think, where we are. I think we're in this weird space right now, and I think. Um, you struck a chord with me about adjusting. I am not a work from home type person by any means. Um, for the eight years that I've been with NCSA, I've gone into the office almost every day. Um, so it was a weird feeling to get ready today, blow dry my hair and then put sweatpants back on. I'm not gonna lie, but um, it's been interesting. And, and obviously, um, you know, I just wanna start out and saying like my heart feels for all of those, you know, winter and spring sport athletes um, that are at the NCAA. and. NAI in the junior college level right now you know I can't imagine what those athletes are going through but um, I do know like at NCSA our marketing team um, and our events team and our full team in all honesty has been 
really keeping up with the information and keeping our athletes and parents and coaches um, involved and, you know, up to date with information that we receive. So we do actually have some really great resources on our NCSA website uh, in regards to, you know, what does the coronavirus mean for recruiting, um, you know, information that we're, you know, getting from the NCAA and the NAI, you know, directly as we're staying in close contact with them for updates and things. Um, but it's a, it's a weird time for sure right now. And I think, you know, as the NCAA, um, you know, kind of has banned in-person recruiting through April 15th, um, which seems like forever away from, from where we're at right now. Um, nothing has changed on the digital side. I mean, now more than ever, um, our NCSA athletes are definitely seeing upticks in profile views and communication with coaches, you know, through email, text, and, and phone calls, because none of that has been limited, um, which I think is really important for families and coaches um, and parents to understand and know. So um, the digital space is here. It's always been here, but definitely being utilized more heavily now, you know, than ever with coaches being home and not really sure, you know, what their fate looks like um, with seasons and things. But I think as we're, you know, where we're at right now with the NCAA, you know, they've put out um, some memos and some things about granting, you know, an additional season for these seniors. Um, there's a lot of unknown questions. And I don't know, you know, that we have the playbook because obviously we haven't been affected by this before, you know, I've had gone through this before. But I think as a high school senior um, and junior, it's so important to stay on top of your recruiting and in communication with those coaches that you had been in communication with prior, um, you know, and just making sure that you're filling out where they're at, because I'm sure their heads are spinning just as much as everyone else is going to. So um, the things that we know right now, obviously, is that the NCAA has canceled all of their winter and spring sports. Um, the NAI followed suit as well. Um, and we know, you know, that there have been changes to the in-person recruiting, which obviously affects, you know, in-person visits to campus, you know, things of that nature. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what comes down the pipeline. But so bottom line is we at NCSA are, you know, keeping close monitor and um, actually have some really great resources online for athletes, parents and coaches to be in the loop on that, too. Can you elaborate on the on the new change in the in-person recruiting? That's yeah. For April 15th, just yeah. f elaborate further. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I believe this came out um, earlier this week. It was effective immediately that the changes for the NCAA would be very similar to a dead period for the Division One and Division Two sports. Um, so basically, these new recruiting rules are going to not allow coaches to have face-to-face -face communication with their recruits um, or families off campus or do any person in recruiting. So that's actually um, going to include official visits, unofficial visits, you know, coaches going out to games. Um, as of right now, there aren't any games to actually recruit at. So that's not, you know, a variable that anyone really needs to worry about. But the bottom line is recruiting is not stopping completely. You know, coaches and recruits can still communicate through email, phone, text message, social media um, at that D1 and D2 level. Okay, that's great. Thank you. So yeah, you also course. you also mentioned uh, the response of the NCAA. They had a, a little bit of a response in uh, how they were going to maybe perhaps re uh, I guess offer the opportunity for some of the seniors to have an additional year. Um, yeah. Added to their because I guess you get five years to play four. Correct. All right. Uh, that was already in place before this happened, but yeah. now. If you so, 
essentially you still would have another year anyway <laughs> because you have five years to play four. Yeah, so it's mm -hmm. what's really interesting to me, and, and disclaimer here is obviously I am no expert um, in this as I do not work for the NCAA, but based on mm -hmm. things that we've read and statements that have been released, um, it really does sound like the NCAA, both at the Division One, Division Two, and Division Three level, um, are offering what they're calling like eligibility relief, basically, to be granted to student athletes um, who were supposed to be competing this spring. So. To my understanding, it's going to be based on the committees at each division level to kind of finalize the details of this eligibility relief, um, you know, and, and who kind of, you know, this falls under, essentially. But um, the bottom line on that is that, to my understanding, there is going to be some option for these athletes to really kind of have a quote-unquote makeup season, um, just because, you know, most of them have only... Um, unfortunately you know played probably 15 games into the season if you could even call it a season mm -hmm. so um nothing official has been put out by any of the committees yet as far as what that plan looks like it has just come out in statements that they are working hard you know towards this eligibility relief um they've been very sympathetic you know to the situation and it sounds like there's going to be more information let out on what those details look like for those seniors which it raise a lot of questions. It sure you know, does. As as the, it sure does. <laughs> the high school seniors, you know, the high school seniors and, you know, the juniors and, you know, what does the, the financial component look like? So I, more than ever, am really intrigued to, you know, see what the NCAA does and puts out, um, you know, and things like that. But that's kind of all we have at the moment. So I'll say this. Um, I'm a little bit... Um, so like, I'll give you an example. I'm thinking about incoming high school freshmen. Mm -hmm. And if there, a school could potentially have eight or 10 incoming freshmen coming in in any given year. Yeah. So if I have six or seven seniors that want to come back. What happens? To and, and then I have 10, and I have 10 freshmen coming in, right? Is the, are the NCAA going to expand the amount of scholarships my school can offer? And then that, that would, and then that would, what would happen then? Or do you go into grad school and stay, maybe you stay for grad school and you, you play another year? I mean, there's a lot of different ways that, that a player can do it. But then on the Division three side, Division three athletes are pretty much, if you're not on an academic scholarship, you're pretty much paying tuition. So yeah. now, what do I do? Am I gonna shut out another 40, Work 50, 60 grand year. just to play softball another year? I mean, you know, so it's- I this mean, it, may be, it may be a situation where some of those D3 programs, you know, are trying to find additional, you know, grants and, and other scholarships, you know, that some of these athletes could apply for, mm -hmm. you know, and, and obviously get. Um, you know, where, where it could help kind of relieve some of that financial burden. But mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest questions, you know, that, that I've had personally is obviously the monetary situation. You know, most of us would love to say that, you know, fifth year, obviously. But, you know, what does it do to the financial bottom line? Um, and I think that's something that probably everyone's really on the edge of their seat of waiting to hear from the NCAA on is, you know, are they going to come up with this money or is it going to be on the athletes? You know, because... I mean, I look at my alma mater, Drake University, you know, small division one program, Missouri Valley Conference. You know, we work totally fully funded. Um, you know, what do we do right. <laughs> in that sense? You know, am I on the hook for obviously that tuition? Um, I think you bring up a really great point though, Rob, of 
for some of those seniors, you know, that were on the road of graduation and on that path, you know, to, to graduate in May, you know, do they use this extra year to put it towards their master's degree and post, you know, education? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's probably something a lot of athletes are going to look at. But um, to my knowledge, no one has the answers right now. You know, I think if you were to ask any NCAA, you know, Division One coach, um, they don't even know, which is unfortunately the scary part. Um, but I'm sure the NCAA is working, you know, tirelessly on trying to find those answers and what is, you know, the right route to take. So what's coming up new for you and, and NCSA? Wow. And... <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're trying to figure out what summer plans look like, obviously. Uh -huh. um, no, I think, you know, just uh, figuring out what the summer landscape looks like, you know, trying to bring on new partners, um, you know, and new groups um, that make sense, you know, that, that fit our model um, and obviously wanting to help athletes, parents, and coaches through this process mm -hmm. um you know i think we're we're adding more tournaments that we're going to have a presence at you know definitely expanding um especially with triple crown into some of the events and looking at some east coast events to have a presence at mm -hmm. um so definitely a lot of exciting things and hopefully you know nothing uh is delayed i have a positive outlook on everything that you know this hopefully is going to get shored up in the next few weeks and we can continue about our business um and look ahead and be excited about the summer, but um, nothing too crazy, you know, on the uh, the NCSA event side at the moment. So, what is this? I've been hearing about this reigning champs. <laughs> RCS reigning R champs R experiences. RCES yes. is that what it is? RCES. R no, we we refer to it as the shorthand is RCX. X. Um, okay, is, got it. Got it. Got yeah, longhand <clears throat> for reigning champs experiences, but. Um, Rating Champs Experiences came into um, Russian late fall, I would say, um, and they are actually our premier youth sports experiences side of the business. Um, so I think I've talked on, on, our, on your podcast before that NCSA is just part of a larger Reigning Champs family. Mm -hmm. um, so Reigning Champs is actually our parent company. Mm -hmm. And now we basically have three divisions. We have our Pass to College division, which is what NCSA um, falls under. We have our College Tech division, which is Front Rush um, and some other um, areas like Z Crew who works you know, directly with uh, Division One football programs and things. And then now this third component and division is Reigning Champs Experiences, which is our event operator. So they basically are working with um, large partners like the Junior NBA, uh, Rivals Camp and Combine Series. Um, they work with Adidas on the volleyball side for Adidas Volleyball Experience. And then most recently and most exciting is that um, Reigning Champs Experiences has taken over NFL flag. And they are actually operating NFL flag, which is huge. Um, yeah. So they were, they were involved with some things at the Pro Bowl, um, Super Bowl, you know, and things like that. Um, that's probably the largest partner that RCX has brought on most recently. That's pretty cool. Yeah. What's even more cool, and mm -hmm. I, I get like a fangirl moment on this, is that uh, they're actually, they have teamed up with Russell Wilson, um, and I forget what his exact title is going to be with NFL Flag, um, but he's going to be working closely with RCX uh, as well as NFL Flag. Who's your baseball team? The Cubs or the, or the, or the White Sox? Mm, I hate to admit this, it's my White Sox. <laughs> They're not great. 
They're not great, but uh, I'm a loyal fan because uh, I grew up a White Sox fan because of my lovely grandmother. Okay. So how, let's talk. I want to. I want to ask you on the baseball side. How do you feel about what happened with the Astros? How do you feel about the fact? I mean, obviously, obviously it was wrong, but. How do you feel about the way they've been, they're being treated in terms of getting thrown at and fans like really taking them through it? I, all <laughs> I, I have that? to say is the beginning of spring training, whatever there was, um, had to be brutal for them, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have some mixed emotions, um, you know, and in, in what do I think they did was right? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think it's probably taken some heightened experiences of fans and you know, things to the next level of what's been going on with them. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I feel for them for sure. And I feel for some of those players that probably, you know, weren't heavily involved compared to others, mm-hmm. you know, that have all been kind of mixed into this lump. Um, do I ever feel like someone should be thrown at for that? Absolutely not. You know, I think I think we can all be grownups here, you know, and go about this a different way. But I mean, I think the, the interesting component is like the loyalty of fans, right? This is really where you see like the diehard fans come out and some of the signs that I saw, you know, were, were funny, yes. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know that I have a stance on it one way or another. I mean, wholeheartedly, I feel like what they did was wrong, but um, do I think that they're, they should be punished forever for it? No. You know, I think um, there were a lot of parties that were involved in it, and I'm sure I want to say this, and I'm probably going to regret that I say this. I'm sure that there were other teams that were doing things, or maybe just you know didn't have the whistle blown on them that maybe you know haven't come to light yet. So it'll be interesting to see once baseball's back up and running, really kind of how that shakes out. Yeah, we'll see. So in terms of what are, what are your thoughts? Though? I'm curious. So I, I, it's funny because I hate baseball. Well, I, I, freak, know, I freaking hate it. it. Like I can't. I mean, I, so like I can't even watch the World Series. I can't. I, I did not watch the World Series. Um, so I, I don't have an emotional attachment to the sport like I used to when I was younger. Sure. So it, it's, it's kind of like it doesn't even matter to me, and, and it does, I wouldn't put it past someone to, to, to take take cheating to that level. That's a whole new level of, <laughs> of of lack of integrity. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh yeah. Um, because that's. Dude, you, you, if you know what's coming, that changes everything as a, for a hitter. Totally changes landscape. Are you kidding? Not I, I, like that's, that is crazy. So anyway, you got stellar pitchers giving up all those runs, and I'm like, how could they give up that many runs? Like, what? How could you choke that bad? Nobody chokes that much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just and I, I look at it from this perspective of you know obviously winning a World Series is the holy grail, right? You know and. And I feel like they've just tarnished what that means, you know, and, um, you know, the, the fact that, you know, they've kind of brushed it off, I think is probably what I'm most disappointed in is, mm-hmm. you know, I never had a chance to, to play for, you know, the World Series on the softball side and obviously won't on the baseball side. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just as, as a kid growing up, um, you know, in sports, and I'm sure you can appreciate this, is you play for that higher opportunity, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, for that to be tarnished, I think that's just the sad part of everything, unfortunately. Yeah, so for so for NCSA right now, um, and, and for the high school athlete, if a lot of these events don't happen or don't happen the way that they normally happen, it's going to change the very fabric of the process because... Mm-hmm. Much of the pro- much of the process 
the evaluations are happening at the events. The, the, the final evaluations, the initial evaluations of a lot of our yeah. athletes are happening at a showcase event or, or where games are played. I think more so than ever. Um, and I've seen some some tweets and things, you know, that some coaches and other sports have put out, you know, that they're not stopping recruiting, you know, if they have to hold things virtually, webinars or whatever it may be, you know, they're going to do it. And I, I've got to give coaches credit at this time, you know, and really kind of taking things into their own hands, you know, and, and trying to promote their programs. But I think more so than ever, you know, for the coaches that haven't really dove into the digital space, you know, I think a lot of them are going to really rely on, you know, programs like NCSA to evaluate video and have, you know, stats that these athletes, you know, once, once had up on their profiles, um, you know, and obviously communicate more through text and email, you know, and phone calls than, than they're probably used to. Um, I think it definitely changes the landscape and really puts the emphasis on the digital component more so than ever. And I think you're probably going to see some more head coaches be involved in the process, you mm -hmm. know, and not leaving, you know, everything to their assistants or, you know, the GAs and things, because at this present time, you know, they, they don't have any other option, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a very unknown situation <clears throat> for some of these coaches. So the business of the business of sports and entertainment and events, right? The business, the business model has, mm -hmm. we, we've seen a drastic change over the last past few years in how, first of all, in the number of teams has, and, and, and in fact, how the sport has grown. And I, yeah. I, sometimes I play, I play around in my mind and I say to myself, hey, <laughs> the sport has grown in terms of the amount of participants, but has it gotten better? And that's a question that you, that's 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 you know that you don't got to answer that. <laughs> that's that, that's rhetorical. That that's rhetorical. That's rhetorical. But my, I always ask myself, yeah, it's grown in numbers, but has it improved? And so where I'm going is, events have gotten more teams to participate. Events have gone from putting on events in one complex to multi complexes. To six to, at one time. You know, and then, mm -hmm. and they've shortened game times. So to get, to get more games in. So now instead, of, so you, you could potentially play a game and it could be a three or four inning game. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I, I, I can I, get through full five, six innings at this point in time. Yeah, no, nobody's going five or six innings anymore in an in a, in a, in a hour and 10 drop dead game. And, yeah. and and these umpires, I mean, I'm sure that they're given direction. I mean, you could be in the middle of your at bat. And the next pitch is a ball, game over, drop dead, bye. I'm like what? I'm like what? I'm like what is? Like, what's happening right now? Like this is crazy. So now, now I'm go, I'm going somewhere. It's become a churn and burn situation. It's crazy. So, but I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. When you look at the model for the World Series, like like if I'm a co if I'm a college coach and I'm a contender for the World Championship, I'm a I'm a contender to be a national championship contender, and I I'm recruiting pitchers, really pitchers. Because that's really going to determine whether I win or not. To be honest, like mm -hmm. if I if I got the pitching, I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm in a pretty good position to win it all. If I don't have the pitching, I have no shot. That's the bottom line. And if I'm recruiting pitchers that are coming out of a culture where they only have to pitch three or four innings every time they play, and then when they get to my level, they're expected to have to pitch more than that, and and winning a world series is all about tournament play so i have to win mm -hmm. i have to win my 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 conference tournament 
to sometimes get a get a get a to get a berth if I don't get an at large berth to, to the tournament. I have to win the super regionals, which is also a tournament. I have mm-hmm. to win. Uh, I forgot about the regional championship. I got to win that one. That's a tournament. And then I got to win the ultimate tournament, which is the World Series. And God forbid I go into the losers bracket because now I have to play even more games. Now I got to fight your way back up. Right. Yeah. And a lot of it is heavily re- relied on the endurance and the resilience of the pitcher or the pitching staff. And at every level, one level feeds another level. So in basketball, AAU feeds the NCAA. The NCAA feeds the feeds the NBA. Um, the culture of the the culture of AAU greatly affects the culture of college basketball, men's and women's. The culture of travel ball and softball greatly affects the, the culture of college softball. Mm-hmm. But championship level softball is even affected even more because of the culture of of I, I believe the culture of the way the events are formatted um, with the drop dead doesn't really prepare the athletes for the next level at a championship level. It showcases them and gives them a lot of opportunities. They're playing more games. Oh, we got all these games. Yeah, but if I bat eighth on that team, I'm getting one at bat. If my team can't yeah. hit, if my team can't hit, I'm, I'm gonna we get one at bat. I'm not. I mean, if my team can't hit, I only get one at bat. If I have, if I'm on a good hitting team, then I might get two at bats if I'm batting in the seven or eight hole. So like, it's like. So my point is, do you see that changing? Because I, I feel like a lot of tournament hosts are, are going to be changing that hour and ten, and I, I think the college coaches have to demand it almost sometimes. I mean, I think it'll be interesting, too, like, if we experience any delays, you know, this summer with any tournaments, um, or, I mean, I think the other question to bring, too, and I I hate to mention this, is, like, for families that are really taking a financial hit during all of this, you know, what does their summer look like? You know, are they really going to be able to travel to all of these things like they once did? So, I do feel like there's probably going to be a shift coming down the pipeline, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure tournament directors, you know, have to think this through of you know what what kind of athletes and you know teams are able to to attend and bring in um i mean i i've always said this i feel like our showcase is good yes you know obviously i think that there's a need for them but do i think everything needs to be a showcase do i think we need to get back to the way we once were of playing for something because i'll personally look at my own experience you know when i had finished up in high school that was really where, you know, the, the showcases became pretty predominant um, and not to, to the level of where they're at right now. But I do feel like there were more things in high school that I could have been prepared for when I got to the college level. You know, I feel like when I ended my high school career, it was a lot of draft dead situations, a lot of turn and burn games, you know, and move on um, with that showcase mentality. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the athlete nowadays that comes in, maybe isn't prepared mentally for everything that they're going to endure at the college level. And, you know, you're not going to have to, you know, fight your way back through six games, but you're going to have to fight your way through a series and you're going to have to fight your way through an entire conference series, you know, to make it on to the tournament. Um, So I agree. I think there's got to be a restructure um, in some way, shape or form. Um, And maybe you're right. Maybe it comes from the top down of, you know, the NCAA, NAI, JUCO coaches, you know, saying, hey, this is what we want. You know, this is what we need. Um, yeah, because... But it, you and I know, like anything else, it's it's difficult. Everyone talks about it, but, you know, no one ever, no one ever executes everything, so... But you know what it, it, what it is? It's like the college coaches, I feel, as long as they keep showing up, 
Correct. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Yep. But you kind of got to show up because if you don't, somebody's going to recruit that kid that you would have got. <laughs> so well, it's, it's like... like it's like anything else though but like you take a you i mean we talked about this before at length is the early recruiting right you know you looked at the the power five conferences and you pulled all of those coaches and most of them came back and said hey we don't like early recruiting but most of them were feeding into it to keep up with their competition it's Mm -hmm. it's a cyclical approach right you know until someone or a group of these coaches put their foot down and say hey there needs to be a change we're going to continue down the path that we always have been you know for many years um in, in retro, it's, it's unfortunate. In retrospect, you know, we we talked about that early recruiting rule when it first, you know, I think we I got you on here like right away as soon as it, it came yeah. down. And now that we've been in this for a while now with this new rule, how do you think it's playing out? Do you think, do you think it was for the better? Um, I think it definitely has taken some pressure off. Um, you know, the athletes and the parents who, you know, as, as you know, I once worked in that world before I transitioned over to the director of softball for NCSA. Mm-hmm. I was a softball recruiting coach for about five years and working on the front lines with our athletes and parents and coaches. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the feedback that I received was that some of these athletes and parents and coaches felt like they could breathe a little bit more, you know, didn't have to be a rush decision. Do I think as soon as September 1st, you know, let loose um it was the floodgates were open you know heck yes um i think it made it you know a little bit more challenging probably for coaches and deciding who they were going to bring on campus and entertain those you know visits and things um i think it's too early to say what the whole landscape has looked like but i do feel like there are components of that change that have been for the good um you know i think like anything else you got to give it a year to, you know, three years to really see, do we have a major shift? Um, but I do think there are some components that have been good for everyone that's been involved. College coach is getting fired. Oh, man. <laughs> I knew you were going to hit me with one. <laughs> one <curveball laughs> I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to say this. We're just talking about the merry-go-round, aren't we? Let me just, I'm just going to say one. No, I'm just going to say this. Um, I, I've seen I've seen some college coaches that I have a lot of respect for have their lives and their families' lives and the lives of their players who, who had their back and believed in them be turned upside down and inside out yeah. over propaganda Created, not even facts. Create, right, not even facts. Created by entitled parents. <laughs> I'm so glad you're saying this and I'm not. <laughs> I, I can say it because I don't give a, you know, you already, <laughs> um, and it's, it's a shame that it's come to this. But again, again, The travel ball culture has gotten bigger, but has it gotten better? Because that's what's feeding college yeah. programs. You're absolutely correct. And that mediocre mindset has wiggled its way in, and you don't even know how to play your role. 
Well, and I think we've talked about this at length before too. I mean, a, a perfect example is when you look at the travel ball landscape and the the te- you know the the people on the teams that are jumping ship year after year, right? You know, those are the ones that are really raising red flags. Mm-hmm. Those types of players and parents and families, those are the ones that really historically you know continue down that path in college as well. And I think. You know, we've talked about the transfer portal before, right? Um, you know, do I think that there are great components to that? Do I think that there are downfalls and pitfalls to that? 100%. You know, I don't really think that there's a safe haven anymore, unfortunately. Mm. I think we as a society have just made it too easy for athletes and parents and families. And in all honesty, sometimes coaches, you know, I, I'm going to put it out there on the coaches sometimes. You know, it's easy for them to pick up and leave. and. You do see coaches, you know, that hop from team to team, you know, as well, too. Um, If I'm going to, you know, pinpoint some things, you know, I'm going to call everyone out. Um, But I think the the biggest thing is we've created this culture in the travel ball scene where we've made it really easy for families and athletes and parents to, to give up, you know, throw in the towel and say, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side when that's not always the case. And I think because we've allowed that and we've created that space, it has now entered into the college space. And now it is easier than ever for these college athletes to pick up and throw in the towel and leave. Well, um, well and that's my thing. Pick, then leave. But why do you have to burn the bridge down as you're leaving? Exactly. It's but, just, it's, it's you, they you know, light a match and, you know, boom, and, and I'm gone. So, um, but here's, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say. Um, like the, so... The, the culture of travel ball is if you have more than 14 people on your team, you're going to have a problem. But then you get to college and you got 24 people on your team. Even bigger problem. Sometimes. <laughs> so it's like, what do you mean? That, what do you mean there's 24 people on the team? Yeah, it's college. So, and now you're the 19th person on the team. Yep. Nine play. The actual on-field depth chart is probably stops at the 13th player, and you're the 19th person on the team. So now what? You, you, you get you get what I'm saying? Like I, I think I think travel ball either the roster the rosters need to expand to make it more, which is never going to happen, but to make it more college-like, like like a college setup. It, yeah, and it, it prepares an it prepares parents and it prepares the athletes to be able to understand what a dynamic of work ethic and like earning your way actually feels like. Yeah. And then going back to um, has the recruiting ban been beneficial or not? I think I think it has benefited I think it has benefited coaches greatly at the college level Mm -hmm. because now they they can actually allow a player to mature before they're forced to have to make a decision on a kid who may have peaked as an eighth or ninth Correct. grader. Correct. I completely agree with that. Because you don't know you don't know if that kid's gonna peak if they have an upside or not until two years later we're like, man, I recruited that girl in ninth grade and she here she is in eleventh grade and she's She is not what we thought. <laughs> <laughs> and it's too late now. Whereas now I can actually allow them to to uh to, to grow and to mature and to learn and evolve and it gives it gives the coaches more time to to spend with the athlete and the parent you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they get multiple seasons to be able to see how this athlete you know really is going to turn out whereas 
when we talked before, you know, at that high level. And I mean, even some of the other mid-major programs were feeling the pressure, you know, to, to try to keep up with their counterparts. You know, and if we didn't get this athlete now, we were going to lose out on the opportunity. So I stand by what I've said of, I think that there's really great things that have come out of it. You know, mm-hmm. do I think that there's probably some changes that could still be tweaked and, you know, with visits um, and things like that, you know, absolutely. Um, and do I think other sports should, should jump on this bandwagon? 100%, you know, I think as we all are unified, um, it only makes the process much easier for everyone, you know, to be on the same page. But um, getting back to your point of, of the college coaches and feeling for them, I, I respect them. And I have a lot of great friends that coach at all division levels. Um, mm-hmm. And I certainly admire everything they do. But you could not pay me money to coach in college right now, unfortunately. <laughs> you could not. Couldn't. I, I feel the no. same way. Because you know what right. it is? It's like, no it's, 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 like no it's like, it's like, I have to, right. It's like, I have to coach the way the parents want me to coach. And so you want me to win or you'll fire me. But if I'm tough because I want to win, you fire me. So, You're just so, on how, how do you win? How, 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 how can you, you win don't. that? You can't. And, and, and then, lose, and then, the and then my thing is, how could you not have my back as an administration, yeah. as my, mm-hmm. my, 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 my athletic director, my assistant, my school president, the sacrifices that I make as a person to coach this team. I'm away from my family. I'm traveling all summer. Like, you don't even have my back. No. You have the back of somebody who's probably going to transfer next year anyway. Or was going to be gone in four years when I put 20. People have put, you, you saw what happened to, you saw what happened in Nebraska, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, it's funny. I talked to one of the alums who's a former student of mine um, from Nebraska and we were talking about it and I was like look that woman is an ambassador to the game of softball she's an ambassador for women's sports she's like she are you kidding she's a legend and her school did her like that are you kidding me just it makes you wonder how many other schools are going through this but are not necessarily right on that public platform like a nebraska or other sports or other schools excuse me um i mean that really that really sheds some light on the total landscape that we're dealing with and just the fact of the society that we've become so selfish so you know one-sided one-minded you know selfish individuals unfortunately and it's it makes me sad you know it really does make me sad that you know i would have loved to get into coaching um and i love you know all of my my um friends that are in coaching but it is a scary time unfortunately you know it's it's tough times for all yeah unfortunately you can't even get in the uh and it's funny because baseball is not like that you know what it's actually and there's some other well i mean baseball coaches Baseball coaches, they, they, they stay at the school forever. These, for these guys are 80, yeah. 80 years old coaching. And, they, <laughs> and they, they've raised their families. They've raised, they got their grandkids in that time. I mean, it's, it's, I'm like, oh, That's God. a really great point that you bring up, though. I mean, it's an it's an interesting thing to, to take a look at and compare to. That that's in yeah uh, that's that's another podcast but yeah <laughs> yeah but I mean I mean you look at the you look at the baseball side of things too and the travel leagues I mean totally different landscape of what we're dealing with on the baseball and softball side in some senses and I think it gets back to your point of the culture that we've created on the the travel ball side and you know it's landed us to where we're at right now and the difficulties that we're dealing with yeah so hopefully um, 
we could evolve into something a little bit different um, going forward. You know, I'm but, still but waiting that, for you to start that travel team, my friend. I'll jump on that bandwagon. Let me just, <laughs> I, I, I'll put it to you like this. <laughs> I, I'm never going to coach a travel softball team or a college team. It's never going to happen. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to come help out and kind of help, you know, with the hitting. Or... Well, I didn't hear that <laughs> I'm not starting up anything anytime soon. It's not happening. <laughs> but um, I'm happy to help out when I can with different teams. I, I love that. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming in and I'm coming out. See, you guys can deal with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Something so. Something to be said about that. Yep. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, coached a, I coached a travel baseball team. Um for a long time you know i, I was a, really? a travel baseball yeah. yeah most people don't i i travel i coached the travel baseball team um we were i had i coached i coached two re- i coached three really good teams in my college in my um child baseball career really good team and it got to the point where i was like well first of all the first thing i did was i had a parent player meeting oh yeah and because i was my own boss and i didn't have to really answer to anyone I can lay down my rules the way I want to lay them down. I can coach my teams the way I want to coach them. And if you didn't like it, I'll bring the checkbook and write you your check. And you can just take a hike. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because I felt like it was a privilege to be able to play for a guy like me who's going to push your kid to the limit and prepare him for just life. Right. Yeah. So like, if you want to go play somewhere else where you can like try to tell the coach what to do, then go ahead and go. That, that's, that was my, that was my stance. So I had contracts for parents and players. I laid it out. This, these are my rules. This is how it has to go for everyone. I don't care if you're the best player on the team. If you miss a practice, you sit two games. Period. Here's the schedule. If you have a problem with it, if there's something you can't make, let me know now. Don't hit me a day before, two days before. Oh, by the way, I got to go to my cousin's, friend's, aunt's, nephew's wedding. Or, or my grandparents are having their 100th anniversary cruise. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. This is the schedule, and we all gotta miss stuff. And if I gotta miss stuff, you gotta miss stuff. You know that that's the and and, and, I, and I don't ask for much. I ask for I ask for uh, commitment, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I had rules like I, I didn't even want my parents sitting on the same side of the field. If we're on the third base side, <laughs> if we're if our dugout's on the third base side, over. no, I want them on the I want them on the other side. Like I had rules because I wanted to do this, this, this the way that I knew that it needed to be done. And yeah. um, then it got to a point where that was that became impossible because people yeah, have people were sense. people were just becoming more and more entitled and more and more controlling and more and more I gotta pass my kid five Gatorades over the dugout fence five times a game. Like I, I can't have that <laughs> going on when I'm trying to teach these kids how to be focused. But like, I mean, kudos to you for setting that president early on. I mean, I think that's probably something that some coaches nowadays have some trouble with, you know, if I'm being honest. So hats off to you on that. Yeah, so that was, you know, that was uh, a different time. And I enjoyed it when I enjoyed it. And then when I didn't enjoy it, I stopped, do- I stopped doing it. Yeah. <laughs> when it became you know, unenjoyable. <laughs> when it became too much. <laughs> but it was it was cool to be able to to uh, coach, you know, those, those kids at different levels um, from different yeah. backgrounds, from different ethnicities and have them all on one team and try to make it work with all the different personalities, you know. That's the that's the cool yeah. challenge I think of coaching is like okay I'm gonna put together a team with all these different kids from different places and 
different towns and different backgrounds and different abilities and different person you know and different uh, ethnicities and we got to try to make them play together and, and work together and cooperate and compete and have each other's backs and and through ups and downs and things like that you know so that that was the cool part I miss that I miss being able to, to, to contribute to their lives but like I said I, I, but the other things that I don't miss if I could just yeah, coach a whole team full of orphans I would coach a whole team full of orphans <laughs> No, just seriously. Just choose what you want. <laughs> <laughs> just give me the orphans. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So um, yeah. So you know that was that was that my little my little coaching rant. But look, um, this you know we covered some stuff. We, we got some stuff out, out out on the table that people that people to listen to, and hopefully this podcast can be something to help people to think about something other than what's in the forefront of all of our minds right now. Yeah. And give us a little bit of break from the news cycle and 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 the worries and the stresses of and of you know our deepest fears, and we can just just have hope and and just adjust and be safe out there. Get back to the basics. I mean, I was reading one of your tweets that, um, and I, I don't have the exact quote that you put that we, but we should have quarantined a long time ago. And I chuckled <laughs> at it at the beginning, but you know, as I've been kind of sitting at my makeshift desk like I told you I don't work from home on the regular um, mm-hmm. it has been very very interesting and great actually in a sense that I've been able to do some self-reflecting on some things and you know really just kind of get back to the basics of cherishing you know family and friends and mm-hmm. you know I encourage everyone to you know that that um, you know doesn't see or has a hard time seeing the light at the end of the tunnel or staying you know optimistic at this time is take this time to call a grandparent take this time to check in on an elderly neighbor um you know i've been staying at my parents house for the last few days and they've got an elderly neighbor um to the north of them and you know i've gone out and got her some groceries and you know checked in on her and you know she she baked us a batch of cookies because she was so thankful so you know i think more so than ever this is a time where we can kind of all come together and get back to the basics and just do the right thing you know do the do the good you know be the good um just so that we all can get through this crazy time absolutely and on that note i'm gonna let you go because i know you're a busy person thanks i know you are too but i appreciate (laughs) you having me on today i appreciate you coming on and if you could just let everybody know where they can find you on social uh facebook twitter whatever yeah, so I'll actually, um, what I'll do is I'll share some details with you too, Ron, because like I mentioned, we've got um, some NCSA resources that have been posting information about the NCSA, or excuse me, NCAA and the NAI and event, you know, cancellations and postponements and things. Um, so I'll share that with you through social media. Um, but my social handle on Twitter is at NCSA Coach Dufek, and that's spelled D-U-S-S-E-K. Um, I'm also on Facebook as well, but I use Twitter more. And then you guys can always um, look us up on our website, which is www.ncsasports.org. Um, we've got some really great blog posts and just other great information that's not surrounded the coronavirus, um, like I said, to, to help keep your minds off things. And I'm, I'm doing something new now with my podcast. I'm going to have show notes. Oh, and awesome. I have somebody that's going to actually research everything about you and Ooh, post okay. it. And, and if you have anything that you want, any links you want to send me, just send me those links and I will post them in the show notes. Yeah. 
and it will be like, you know, it'll it'll be timestamped. If somebody wants to jump to a specific topic in the podcast, they can jump to that and jump back and go back and forth. So just just trying to go awesome. to new, just trying to go to new levels and stuff, you know, trying to do it right. I think it's great. And one other thing that I'll say is that yeah. we're actually hosting a series of webinars um, during CSA that are coming up, and we're hosting some webinars for our partners and things. So for anyone that's just looking for information on recruiting or other topics, you know, that aren't related to recruiting. Um, we know this is a crazy time for all, and so we're taking advantage of being virtual and just trying to offer content in different ways as well. All right, send me that. Send me that. Those links too, and I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to forward them over. We'll do. Thanks so much, my friend. It's been great. Right, Talk to you for hours. Have a good one. Bye, Rob. All right, bye.